Alright, thank you so much for tuning in to Conspiracy is the Theory. My name is Reeland, and today we got another good show for you. A buddy of mine, Ray Schaefer, who I've known for many, many, many years. Let's just see where this goes. His mind is like mine. <laughs> no telling where we're going to go. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing real good. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. I, just, I forgot to unmute you again. You know what? I, I have this thing. I screw up every single beginning. Like, I got your name right. Like, I'll, I'll talk to most of the people who come on here, and their name's right until I introduce them. I got your name right, but I forgot to unmute you. I'm, I'm a horrible beginner, I guess. Well, yeah, I would hope after almost 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. I can believe it's, it's been that long, huh? It's been a long time, man. It's been an extremely long time. Uh, so tell Nines about you, man. What do you do? What do you like? Um, I mean, just in general, what do I like? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just in general, like, tell them, what, give them an idea what you do. Uh, you know. Oh, okay. I was going to say, in general, I like motorcycles and anarchy. But uh, um, work-wise, man, it's kind of funny. Considering I'm an anarchist, I actually work under the federal government. You uh, work for the man. I do. <laughs> I do. I, I work cleaning up their mess, actually. So it act, it's really quite fitting when you think about it. So what do they mess up that you have to clean up? Well, when we first got into the arms race with Russia, um, they didn't really know what they were doing as far as all the spent material. Mm-hmm. And now somebody's got to make sure that it gets handled, stored, and disposed of properly. And that's where I come in. So, so you mean like the old like nuclear weapons? You dismantle those, and or is it just like? Yep, I, I work at I work at one of those sites where you know those those black helicopters they say don't exist actually fly around, and yeah, there's there's, there's signs that basically tell you if you cross that fence without permission, it might be the last thing you do. Wow, dude, that's I didn't know that. That that's cool, man. I didn't know you work for the man and you help dismantle the 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 nuclear weapons. And I'm glad that, that that they're dismantling more and more. We don't need all those nuclear weapons. I'm sorry, but we really just don't. And you know, we don't need to blow the world over 20 times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we you know that's that's one of those things. that once you let it out the box, you can't put it back in, though. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you look at the world events going on right now, we are so behind the eight ball because we did that deproliferation, you know, over the last 30 years almost. Um, and now Russia being aggressive, um, regardless of what side of the argument you fall on that, and I'll just put it out there, I think both those countries are, are corrupt. And I feel sorry for the average everyday citizen that has to deal with the BS that you know their government puts on them, just like the people here in this country. Yeah. Um, but regardless of what side of the argument you're on, on that, dude, Russia's got us beat in that field now. When we used to have, you know, the uh, the advantage on them. So let's all hope for the best when it when it comes to that, because man, it that, that won't be pretty. You know that's. It just won't be pretty. I know there's a lot of people like to beat their chest and say, oh, yeah, you know, best military in the world. And that may be, but dude, every Mike Tyson has a Buster Douglas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You go. Yeah. He got knocked out by Buster Douglas. Well, you know, it's my thinking is I lost my train of thought. 
How does that happen, Ray? I'm sitting here. I already knew exactly what I was going to say, and I got completely messed up. And then, they, what do you? Maybe they have more weapons. You know, more nuclear bombs. You know, I don't know about tanks, stuff like that. But do you think they're more high tech? Because America is, is, I think there's a lot of technology that we don't even know exists. Do you think they're more high tech than we are? You know, that's a, that's a good question. And I really think we kind of got a good corner on the market there. And that's why the espionage game is still so big. Um, I mean, the, the, the side I work at, there's still a lot of things that we can't talk about. Um, I have to watch what conversations I have in public, so on and so forth, which, you know, it, anybody with half a brain should expect that, you know, that's no big secret. Um, but it's, it's more or less a decommissioned site. You know, we're just dealing with what they call the legacy waste. Mm-hmm. And there's huge protocols in place about sensitive information um, that you would think with today's technology wouldn't be so sensitive because it would be easily accessible. So that kind of gives me a little bit of a, a idea of just how well we are doing in, in that market as far as technology in terms of espionage. And if we've got it in terms of espionage, you better believe we've got it in terms of weaponry. Yeah. Now, do you think that that one group, what's it called? Um, uh, the, 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 the anonymous do you think that they're making actually a difference over there and that they're really doing what they're saying they're doing and do you think that they're a part of the united states government or you think that they're a completely separate unit i'm a firm believer because if you look at it empirically you know um as things get declassified and you find out oh this person was an agent for the cia and you know that person they've got their hands in just about every pie. They've got agents throughout Hollywood. You better believe they've got agents and anonymous. Um, money talks, man. Um, if you get a hold of one of these guys and anonymous and you offer it, or excuse me, you make an offer that lets them know that not only they, but their family and, you know, others that they care about will live comfortably. That's a pretty powerful motivator, man. Um, I mean, that's really comfortability is, is one of the main drivers of our downfall <laughs> because yeah. as long as, as long as you got a roof over your head and some food in the fridge, man, you, you, as Americans, we let a lot of stuff slide that we shouldn't just um, because we're comfortable. We are, we know, are that, very that comfortability is, yeah, it's a dangerous thing, you know, cause it, it breeds, uh, contentment, which breeds apathy. You know, we should constantly be vigil. We should constantly be on the alert. We should constantly not trust anything that has too much power without an equal amount of accountability. Do you believe that that it is the corporations that want that run America? Like a lot of people in office, they get the money from the corporations via the um Oh, gosh, the people that the the negotiators like what are they called again, Ray? The they're the ones You're talking about the lobbyists, the lobbyists, right? But the lobbyists get the money from the corporations who put the people in there who represent the corporation, and when they leave, they go work for that corporation. <laughs> so, do you believe that that maybe the corporations are actually 
taking care of they're they're running the country and not really the politicians. Why do you think why do you think Pfizer was able to get everything fast tracked so well, get all the approval that Moderna and Johnson Johnson Janssen haven't been able to do in the same amount of time? Look at the corporate trail and how it intertwines with the bureaucratic path when it comes to Pfizer. They're very deep in it, and things just went great for them because of it. Because of who they had in there representing them. And it goes back to what I was saying, like, with the anonymous. You know, throw enough money towards somebody. Unfortunately, man, you know, everybody has a price as the thing goes. You know, we're all whores. Um, I don't think that that is 100% true, but I think it happens more you know more often than not to where it causes a huge problem and one of those problems is you know people being bought out in government you look at what's going on again we go back to the russia ukraine thing and uh i can already you know my my conspiracy theory on that is we've wanted this war ever since and by we i mean you know the the government and the military industrial complex you know the raytheon the the uh defense contractors um of the world uh since it was decided and a date was set that we were going to get out of afghanistan it's like they've got to keep those dollars flowing you know that's a good point what we're going to do we're going to sit there and act like we don't want more and that we're just, you know, clutching our pearls and utterly astonished at what's happening over there, but keep poking the bear so that they do something that we can use as an excuse to then go send our young men and women out to die for corporate gain. Really? You know, what business do we really, really have over there? We don't, you can sit there and say, you know, it's, national security it's it's in america's interest but nobody can really define what that interest really is have we really dealt with with russian aggression like we like we used to you know during the cold war ever since the the fall of the wall you know there's there's been no real russian aggression but it, it it just doesn't it doesn't add up other than hey defense contractors need to keep those factories pumping they need to keep pumping out missiles they need constant conflict to have constant sales i think we sent them weapons didn't we the the government sent them weapons yeah that's not free (laughs) somebody's paying for that no absolutely and that in itself can be construed by the russians as okay now you're providing material support so you've actually gotten involved even though you say you're not involved and you know, the, those shipments are really fair game. I would not be you shocked know? if we weren't supplying re- weapons to Russia as well, because that's how we roll. We give them to everybody. You know what I mean? We'll f- give both sides. How is it? How is it any different? You know, regardless of you know, let's take the morals out of it. You know, where where anybody feels morally about it. You know, to the in terms of this comparison, but how is it any different? than any claim that our government makes toward anybody in providing support 
for terrorism. If you're providing money, if you're doing anything that furthers that cause, they'll come after you. So why wouldn't Russia look at that the same way the government looks at, you know, providing material support to terrorism? Why wouldn't Russia look at us providing material support for Ukraine in the same negative fashion? Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you another question. And this is more for the people of Russia. Do you think it was right that, you know, all the boycott and, and they want you to shut down McDonald's in Russia and subways and from the people, the people who own those, you know, they have contracts and that's how they provide for their family. They're not there giving money and they're not going to war. They probably didn't want the war. And the people, don't they deserve to be able to go somewhere? They didn't want the war. As a matter of fact, he's getting protests, I think, quite a bit out there. Do you think it's right that we boycott companies who are shutting down and they're taking jobs away from everyday working people in Russia? How do you feel about that? I don't like it. I think those are everyday people and they don't want to be involved in this mess. Absolutely. You're, you're making the wrong people suffer. You know, um, that's, uh, that's something that if it were to happen to us, we would absolutely blow our top. Could you imagine if China said all of a sudden China and Taiwan said, Hey, you know what? You're too involved, uh, with, Taiwan on China's side and Taiwan says, man, you're not getting involved enough with us. And so they both cut off doing any business with the United States. Do you realize how much we actually rely on those two companies, which is insane that we even let it get to that point. But I, I, I challenge anybody listening to go find something in their house that doesn't have a Taiwan or a China, you know, made in Taiwan or China element to it. Yeah. A lot of the stuff even now that says made in the USA has things that are procured from China or Taiwan just so it could be made here. It's insane. Yeah. That, that, and so get the boycott, dude, we'd be, uh, we'd be hurting within a matter of a couple of weeks. We'd be hurting real bad. Yeah, look how we hurt now. Do you think it would hurt the government? It wouldn't hurt the government, but it would hurt you and me and every average, you know, average Jill and Joe up and down the block. Yeah, look at recently, right? When when there's all those ships out in the L.A. Harbor, they can't get in. Things weren't shipping out here. There's a shortage of microchips. How much stuff are we short now? And how much has prices gone up? I'm, you know, you know me. I spend my money on music stuff. All this music stuff has gone up. And there's certain things you couldn't get, you know, we would right. go down quick, you know, and, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, we can chuckle about us and our first world problems because, you know, on my end, it's like, dude, it's hard to get parts for the Mustang that I'm trying to rebuild. You know, mm-hmm. I got a buddy, he's been waiting almost a year to get an intake header, you know, it's, it's insane. Now you start looking at where it's, drifted into the grocery stores are getting less. And now the president's up there saying that, yeah, the, the food shortages and everything are coming. It's going to be a reality. Like we're going to lose our, we're going to, again, we're going to lose our minds, yeah. you know, because we've gotten so used to being so comfortable. So we're, it's, it's going to be insane. 
But how many people are really going to sit there and think that are supporting these companies pulling out of Russia? How many of them are going to sit there and, and, and make the comparison and think, man, this really sucks for us. Why do I have to suffer because of what the government did? I could only imagine if these companies pulled out. They're, they're, they're not going to do that, unfortunately. And, and that's the kind of critical thinking that we actually need as citizens, man. But we're just so complacent. It's, it's annoying to me. It is crazy. You, you know, you know, I'm in the car business, right? We literally, this is truck month. We have three F-150s, <laughs> two EcoSports, two Edges, one Escape, a couple Broncos Sports and a couple Broncos. And we're a, a new car lot. I mean, you've been there. You, you bought in a car. <laughs> well, not from that car lot, but yeah. you, you came through one of our other dealerships. Because of microchips, I've had my floor mats on order for months on my new Maverick. They're rubber floor mats, weatherized. You know they have not came in yet. They're still slotted for like another month away. They're floor mats. I, I really don't doubt it. And, and, you know, these are things that don't really, they just annoy us. They don't affect our comfort. Yeah. The stuff that's going to affect our comfort is, is coming. And it, you, you thought it was crazy when COVID first hit. And everybody, you know, basically filled one quarter of their house up with toilet paper that they didn't really need to do. But that kind of panic mindset that, you know, where neighbors start screwing each other over because they're so worried about things being much worse than they are. Man, when it actually is bad, (laughs) like it wasn't bad then. It's going to be bad this time at the rate we're going yeah. expect what you saw March, 2020 to be much worse unless by some miracle people can really just wrap their head around, you know, being in this as a, as a community, you know, which unfortunately I don't have that much. I'm, I'm too cynical to have that much faith in, in the people around me, you know, I, I think um, fashioning is unfortunately going to have to be the answer because, you know, it's like rats on a sinking ship, man. They're just going to eat off each other's back and drown each other if something is not done to prevent that. And even then, it's still going to be rough. This is why I'm glad I'm no longer in California. This is why I bet you're glad. Yeah, we both go out of there because California. You know, we, we know how people are out there. They're great people, don't get me wrong. Um, but there's a lot of people. And we're, I'm in a small town now, and I think you're in a small town. I'd rather be in a small town when stuff goes down because everybody out here respects one another, and they all got guns. <laughs> so you're not going to be breaking into people's house out here where we live. And I'm sure it's the same thing where you're right. at now. Yeah, it is. It is a world of difference, you know. Um, you know, obviously there's problems anywhere to go. But, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back. Um, I, I, there's things about California that I love and I always love, you know, um, but I, I wouldn't trade it in, especially in hard times like this. Now, do you think with the inflation going, like I knew, we both knew the minute they started giving out free money, we knew that money wasn't free. <laughs> Nothing in this world's free. So with this economy going up so fast, so high, 
do you you think there's going to be a bubble like the housing market in 09 or do you think that it's too big and the the federal reserve who just does they don't care how big it gets because no matter what they're the winners in the end what do you think i think we've been in a bubble for several years now and the fact that it hadn't popped yet has purely been a miracle um it, it, it's eventually going to pop it's especially with, you know, the inflation and everything. Um, you know, and, it, and it's amazing because anybody that's taken basic economics 101 learns about a concept called perceived value. The more you have of something, the uh, less it is worth. And less something is worth, the less you uh Hold on. Trying trying to trying to explain it, you know, without using the actual definition of it to, to make it a little more relevant to the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I'll just I'll just sum it up. If something's coming at you at, at a price that like say for example, healthcare, if you had if you really had free healthcare you wouldn't value it the same as when you actually have to pay for it. So with the inflation, you're paying more for stuff, right? So you would think, okay, we are going to value that, that steak we were able to buy or that roll of toilet paper that, you know, that, that we've got, we're going to value it more, but there is, and opposite end of that spectrum, because of that printing of money, that you, you value that dollar more, even though there's more of them. So it actually kind of goes against that that economic concept, you know. And it's like these people at the at the Federal Reserve, they really should know better. So it really makes you wonder, like, are they making the dollars worthless? more and more on purpose because they know exactly what the end result's going to be or are they so blinded by you know kicking the can down the road that they don't see it you know so you're getting as an average american citizen and you're getting this perceived value theory like proven to you in one one regard and disproven in another, and that clash right there, it always leads to disaster for anybody that's not, you know, wealthy, wealthy enough to, to you know, have that mobility as well. Yeah. You, you know, I've always Hopefully had I didn't one... make that too confusing because uh, I started <laughs> I one, one direction on, I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm not explaining it the way I really want to explain it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> hit, kind of hit the, hit the e-brake, dude, and did a 180 on it, but... That's okay. I, hope I got the point across. I, you know, I understood the point, and I'm sure that the, the the listeners will understand it. You know, I always had one rule: is I've always kept my rent or my and my mortgage payment low. I, I do. I'll get the expensive cars and all kinds of really nice stuff and debt and whatever it is, but I always keep my rent or mortgage low because the I always want to be able to, no matter what happens, be able to pay my mortgage and my rent. 
Cause I need, I always need a place to stay. Some people, they go house poor and they're, they get these big expensive houses. Their mortgage payments is like half of their income, 30% of their income. I assure you my, our mortgage is probably less than 10% of me and my wife's income. Cause we can pay this mortgage when we from a retirement check, you know, from our social security. If we get it one day, if it's still there, one social security check could cover the mortgage payment. That's good. That's real good, you know, and unfortunately, part of you know part of the bubble that we saw last time in housing was too many people don't do that, you know, they they go out and mortgage themselves to the hilt. And then when their house gains a little bit of value, they're like, oh, dude, that's money I can get. That's money I can borrow. You know, and next thing you know, that house that they that they got for, say, 150000 they find out it's now worth two ten. They go out and they take that 60000 out of it. And when bubbles pop, they're the ones that suffer the most because they made, you know, those those decisions that – you know, maybe they didn't realize at in the time were so bad because everything seems so good, you know? Yeah. And, and our schools don't, man, they, you know, they don't teach us how to manage money. You know, there, there used to be economics classes that actually taught you how to balance checkbooks and everything. You know, you talk to, you talk to most, people in their 20s and they don't know what a ledger is and if you explain to them you know they get the concept easy enough obviously because they're not stupid but they don't see the value because it hasn't been taught it's not ingrained in our society to be economically uh, uh, prudent mm-hmm. it, it's we're, we're really taught to be consumers man and that's that's there's a whole nother conspiracy right there. You know, you got a lot of people out there right now and they want to blame capitalism for everything. Capitalism's not the problem. Consumerism is the problem. Not the capitalist that's, you know, causing the huge income disparities. It's the consumers. You can't sit there and, you know, I always use the old example of you can't line up for three days so that you can get, have the latest, greatest iPhone and then complain about the head of Apple being, you know, a, a hundred billionaire. It's like, dude, if you don't like the fact that you're paying $1,300 for a phone, that's only going to last you a year, two years before it's quote unquote outdated, then stop paying 11, 13, however much, you know, hundred dollars for it. Eventually, those prices will go down. Stop, in my opinion, just stop going to these publicly traded corporations in general. They're, they're generally not good for the consumer. But media and advertising, I mean, it's, it's, it's a powerful influencer. It's a very powerful influencer. And, you know, they, there's, actual patents out about how to manipulate your emotions using waves being emitted from your screen. And that's, that's been around for quite some time now. I think it's been around for a little over 10. Oh yeah, absolutely. Brother. Absolutely. 
they figured out a while ago, if they want to make you angry through your screen, they, they can make you angry through your screen. You know, if they want to, uh, and get you, get you anxious, they, they can get you anxious that they've got it to where they can control your emotions. And then you look at algorithms. Algorithms do the exact same thing. You know, uh, the, it, the algorithm taps in on your curiosities, your interests, so on and so forth, and then just hammers down on you and, and drives it on you so hard that, you know, you, you really start going down rabbit holes whether you care to go down rabbit holes or not. Yeah, I looked at a pink base one time on Facebook. That damn pink base showed up a hundred times. And so I still didn't buy that pink base, but I wanted to buy it. I almost bought that pink base <laughs> like 10 times. I, I, they must have seen me put it in the cart. You know, I went off of social media. Absolutely. I had to go back on because you can't, it's such a double-edged sword, right? If you come off of social media, you kind of lose relationships and you lose some of the stuff going on. You know, there's, there's, you're part of groups and you're part of things. And, but if you're on there, they track every goddamn thing you do. No matter what, if, if you push a button and delete it, they know you did that. It's the, it's the worst double-edged sword known to man. And you're right. They Absolutely. control your emotions. If they want you anger, they know what you're looking at to make you angry. They want you happy to buy something. Yeah. They, they'll send you a pink base. Look at this pink base. My wife showed me a watch that she wanted for her birthday. I looked at it briefly. Same thing dude. on my, on my Instagram newsfeed, dude, it was showing up like every seventh, eighth post. Like, like clockwork, you know? And, and when you think about it, dude, that's, again, that's, it, it, it's kind of scary, you know? Yeah. You know, when you really, stuff. yeah, uh, like. That's why Facebook is powerful. A, uh, that's why they're powerful because they know who you are. They know what they're doing. Facebook. Yeah. You know, and, and there's that joke, you know, that, you know, Google now hiring, you know, don't send us a resume. We already have all your info. <laughs> I never heard that's awesome, dude. Yeah, we already know who we're going to hire. You're going to get an email from us. And we know what's in your right, email, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I so, can already, I can already but, see. Go ahead. But uh, before, I, before I get off it, that patent that I was talking about for the nervous system manipulation mm-hmm. is uh, US, you got a pen, pen ready, US 6506148B. You get some time, man. Take take a look at that. Okay, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. I, I like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm gonna see what's going on in there, and it's easy to get me all. You know, I fall for all kinds of stuff, man. You know, like I like I was saying, they they probably read all my emails. Every time I send an email, AOL is like, he's drunk again, mad at some company, sending an email. You don't know who I am. Can't believe you canceled Stargate. <laughs> so this is me i mean you know me for a long time you know that's me i do the same shit right <laughs> i can imagine i can imagine aol would not hire me oh you know what i'm saying so, but so tell me about your time as a fire marshal uh fire commissioner fire commissioner so you know i, I know that was a long time ago right but i never understood how you became a fire commissioner and i never understood what you did what did you do I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that in a mean way. I think that's cool as hell, man. That, but how did you that, get that? For, for, for the city where we grew up, 
that is really a political position. Now, even in big cities like New York and, and Los Angeles, you know, it, it is a political position. Um, but those fire commissioners also have um, operational duties, you know, um, in terms of the command structure. Whereas in other cities like, like San Bernardino, for example, you know, it's more purely your, 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 your driving policy and stuff like that more so than you're dealing with one-on-one, you know, firefighters at the scenes of things, you know, sure. There's, there's been times where there was big fires or whatever. And, and, you know, as commissioners, we would go out to those scenes and, you know, but that was for us to observe and see if there was anything that we could do on the political side to make the next one go a little smoother. Okay. So it was really, you know, if, if, if you wanted to, to simplify it, it, it's an advocacy position, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at, at what's going on in the department and saying, okay, look, you know, um, we need better response times. I'm going to advocate to the city council that they allocate money in the budget for, you know, uh, the, the, street lights to, or excuse me, the traffic signal to recognize when emergency apparatus is coming down the street so that it will give them green lights the whole way up and down the road, you know? That's a system called an Opticon system, which is something that during my tenure we did, you know? We were able to cut response time down, down immensely. Um, you notice that you're having a lot of people dying, you know, in, in structure fires, which was actually a problem in our city where we grew up. The amount of arson it, it, it is staggering. It's, 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 a, it's a secret, you know, that's not let out because all that does is really encourage those arsonists because most arsonists do it for the fame. They want to see their actions in the newspaper. Okay. So we came up with a, a system where we would install smoke detectors and, and carbon oxide sensors and everything for free in people's house, which, you know, budget wise, operational budget wise, you know, it, it cuts into the budget. So then we had to figure out how we were going to fund it. So on the other end, you know, you would have the city council looking to do things. And as commissioner, you know, you had to go to the chief, you had to go to, to, you know, um, the, the marshal and, and all them and say, Hey, look, you know, this is what the city wants to do. And, you know, here's what I think. I think it's good, bad, you know, or we're indifferent, you know, maybe this is something for the union to take up, um, depending on what it is. The city when you remember, if you remember when it lost the department and the contract went to the county, that was right toward the end of my tenure. And I left the position right before that all went down, but I was strongly advocating on the way out (laughs) that go with the 
city's recommendation. I know getting a pay cut hurts, but fact of the matter is the city doesn't make the kind of money that the other cities that your salaries are based on does. And so it's not going to be sustainable. And the union would not budge. The union just thought, like unions always think that, you know, who they're contracted with just has unlimited money. And it, it, it destroyed a, you know, a department with an over 100 year tradition. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking when you think about it, but, you know, that's it. That's unfortunately, and I'm not completely anti-union. Um, I think unions can be great things, but that is what unions do when they operate in monopolies, you know, and that's where I'm kind of against unions. It's like public services, things where you don't have a choice as a citizen. You know, you want to go to a supermarket and one supermarket union, one's not, you know, you, you can do that. But when it comes to the water that's coming to your house, the electricity that's coming to your house, I, I don't think unions should be able to work in monopolies. But, you know, they do, and a lot of times we pay for it. I've and never been instance, part of a union. Yeah. I've never ever um, I've been on both sides. I, I've been a union member, and I've been a manager who's had to work with unions. I, I, at one time, I had a 1,000 Teamsters under me. Um, and you'd be amazed that, you're sitting there at an office and, and you're listening to the union reps come in and sell out their members for the sake of the guys in the union office, the union president, everybody to be able to have better cars and nicer offices and, you know, and they're selling out their membership. But there's also times where they really are doing good things for their members. And the fact of the matter is a union only exists because horrible bosses exist, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get the point, you know, of, of the reason why they, they, they came to be, you know, not because I don't know much about unions. I haven't heard a lot of good things. I haven't heard a lot of bad things, you know. Now, I do know that you had ambitions at one time, around that time, that you, you were getting political and you were going to rise up the ladder. What happened? Why did you kind of put the brakes on, on, on that move? Oh. Um. I actually, as I was, as I was running up that, that ladder, um, I actually started thinking about leaving the state and, you know, it took me several years to do, it took me about 10 years, Yeah. but that's, that's really what kind of made me say, well, you know what, you know, if I get, if I get involved here, can I really make the difference? that I can make if I just focus on leaving and then, you know, possibly when I get there, get involved in something, you know, and it was, it was a tough decision to make because, you know, you, you always want to save your house, man. And, you know, and, and if you're born and raised someplace, so you're always going to love it. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, you, you have to see the writing on the wall, you know, you, you get, or feel where the political winds are blowing, whichever way you want to look at it. And the fact of the matter was the mindset were changing in a fashion and being done so, so quickly that I really would have just 
been, you know, testing in the wind. Okay. So my time was better served focusing on other things and setting that ambition to the side at the moment so that I can put myself in a better position in a better spot and try to prevent the things that had already happened there from happening somewhere else. Now, do you, would you say that, that politicians and politics on the local level, which is their hometown, their, their friends, their family, the people they represent, would you say that they're more honest and, and they're more willing to really make their city a better place to live and that they're there for the right intentions as opposed to people who are really at the top, like, you know, the, the, the people in Congress and, and stuff like that. You, 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 you knew a lot of people at in San Francisco. At any Diego. level, at any level, it truly is a case-by-case basis, man. You really do have some people that their heart is in it, whether you agree with their positions, um, their politics, their, their methods, whatever. They're really, you know, their hearts in it. And then you have others who see it as the hustle and they're in it for the hustle. And then you have the ones that are in between. They started off with their heart. And then as soon as they got in and saw how things worked, got a little opportunistic and are now part of the hustle. Oh, yeah. yeah that's why I can't be in and, politics. And, yeah. I, I, you know, I saw it. And, you know, let's, let's make a parable. We'll go back to um, where, you know, was that almost 16 years ago, you and I and a couple of other of our associates were sitting at a Grammys party. And you look around and you saw the people whose heart was really in it. And they just, they love music. They just want to be a part of music, you know, and, and they were willing to work for it. And then you saw the others that, and I don't know if you remember that lady that was going around basically more or less whoring out her 16 year old daughter. Um, and her daughter wasn't even there. Oh, wow. I don't remember and that. I, part. I can't. Oh yeah. Dude, that, it sticks with me to this day. Cause that lady made my skin raw. Basically she, she was just basically going to lay her on a table and let anybody do whatever, as long as she could get a contract. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I say that in very blunt terms. Um, but she was that, you know, read between the lines. That's what she was doing. And it just, it, it, it blew my mind that somebody would do that to their own child, you know, um, cause you know, you, you hear about stuff like that, dude, but that, that was the first time I'd actually witnessed it at that level. Yeah. And, and I met so many people that night that made my skin crawl. And that's why I never really wanted to deal with a lot of those people. I always had a different vision for how to get music out there and, and, and do things. Yeah, no, okay. I, I agree. That, yeah, the, the, the buyers and sellers, pimps and horse thing, it's just, that, man, that's not my forte. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I, re, I regret the fact that I, that I gave up, you know, being a member of the Grammys because I was a voter of the Grammys for two categories of rock music and I got to vote for a couple of years and I don't know why, but I let it go. And I've always regretted letting it go because I never got to vote again because <laughs> once you're, you let it go, you're kind of, it, it, it's done, you know, to go back and retry to get in there. 
they're like, well, when was your last album out and stuff like that. So I was never able to go back in and become a, a voter at the Grammys. You know. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's not something everybody gets a chance to do. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I let it go. I, I for some reason I just said, ah, I don't want to do it no more. And that that was kind of it on that. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that's a big believer that everything happens for a reason, dude. So there's probably a reason whether what you know whether you or I ever realized it or not, that there's probably a reason we were there that night and things went the way that they went, you know, afterwards, you know, mine, I know what it was. Um, It was the kids. I wanted to raise better off for it. Yeah. So I didn't do as much music, you know, once I had my kids, they were my, always my number one focus. So then I dabbled in it over here, but it was never the same as it was, you know, when I, before I had my kids where I was like really, really deep in it. So I I think it was was kids. That, that, that's pretty much what got me out of it, you know. Um, just, you know, I, I never wanted to be in anybody's pocket, so everything was coming out of my own. Yeah. And next thing you know, I find out, hey, I'm about to have another one. It's like, well, maybe maybe uh, my money could be a little, little better spent, especially since that was the exact same time that all the bubbles were crap or, you know, popping and yeah. work was getting thin. I mean, Again, everything happens for a reason, dude. It all happened pretty much at the perfect time in terms of, you know, when my youngest showed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I'm probably in my music stuff. I'm probably in a couple hundred thousand dollars by now. No joke. I mean, probably in at least a couple hundred thousand. You know what I still tell myself every day, Ray? I just need one hit. I just need I just need one song to just to take off and I'll I'll recoup all my money and can retire. That's how musicians think. You know what I'm saying? you're absolutely right you know but um <laughs> man you know another conspiracy it's um it's and and you already know this to be true it's not how good you are dude. it's not how talented you are it's not no. how great you can write it's who you know and what kind of back scratching can be done between you and who you know you don't even need the back scratching anymore. All you got to do is pay. Like, I, I think it was, was my last show, but this is true. 40 to 60% of plays you see on Spotify, YouTube are all bots. Bots push everything up. They're not even real. You know what I mean? Heck, I probably have 50% right. of bots listening to my podcast. You never know. You know, well, I will well, tell yeah, you this. I the mean, podcast is, you really, it, 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 you really get actual audiences on podcasts because they can't see how many plays you're getting. So it's not something that's easily fudged, right? And so nobody well, knows same, your number same, but you. Same with the likes and followers. You know, a lot of that stuff is bots, but it creates, it, it creates a uh, illusion to the masses so then they start getting that fear of missing out. And they're like, oh, man, you know, 17 million people are, you know, into this. Maybe I should be into it, too. Yeah, yeah. You know? And but where do you get the funding for all that? That's where the back scratching comes in. I did the now, math one time. Say, I did the math. Did you? you know how much it cost you if you were to really, really do a, a program to get just to get gold? You know what it cost you? About $45,000. $45,000 put in the right place could get you to gold status on a single. That's only on a single. That's not even a whole album. And what average band coming out of a garage, you know, really just has that kind of money to throw around. They don't. I can go rust. So, 
So unless you're one of the very fortunate few who just amass a following so quick and so fast that you can't be ignored so that somebody comes to throw that money, but then they take complete and total control of you, you know, you, you, you really, <clears throat> excuse me, you're really at a disadvantage. I don't think anybody can come out of nowhere in, in any social media and, and in skyrocket without money put behind it. I just don't think so because it's, I see stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And I don't really share it. And you know, that moves me. So these things that go viral, there is, you can pay, I don't know, 20 bucks and have your TikTok video go viral to about 30,000. You can pay a hundred bucks, have your TikTok video go viral to a hundred thousand. So I don't think anything comes out of nowhere. I think those people just pay that money and pray to God that it, it gets enough rotation where it starts to create organic. And that's the whole thing with the bots. What people don't realize, I believe it all starts with bots. And the bots get you up and they start getting you organic plays. And now the organic plays are coming in. That's how I think the system works. I just don't have a formula to get something organic. I, I, I agree. You know, when you look at the most successful person out there right now, which is, you know, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, Tom McDonald, dude, he is doing phenomenal. He's doing it completely independently. The fact of the matter is both him, Nova Rockefeller, everybody he's working with, the whole hangover gang, they all had their hand in the pie in the past that didn't necessarily make them rich, but it gave them, you know, knowledge and a little bit of coin to start off the independent thing right. And from there, they just made excellent decision after excellent decision to where, I mean, they're really the 800 pound grill in the room as far as music goes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's just amazing what they're able to do. But you know, the, the reality is, is that, you know, they didn't do it right from scratch. You know, they had other things, happening for them. They, they, they were already in the public eye and everything before they decided to turn their back on all of that backing and do it independently. And, and but man, once they did it, 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 it's just been amazing. You know, um, if you, if you still haven't looked into it, man, you, you really got to check it out. It's not going to be your style of music, but just the stuff they do, man. It, it, yeah. it, it's amazing. Yeah, I do need to check them out. I, but I like all music, you know, from around the board. I mean, I'm not big on rap too much, but, you know, I, well, I like, I like old gangster exactly. rap. Then it's rap. Is it, is it like the old gangster <laughs> rap or is it like new? See, the thing is, I like, I'm it's okay newer. with he, old he, school. He switches up styles. I mean, it's just, it, it, you just got to check it out, you know? Okay. Yeah, everything is auto-tuned um, lately. I mean, to each their own. I like hair metal. Nobody else likes hair metal but me anymore. But I like it. You know, but there's just too much auto tune, too much, too much copy and paste in, too much sing it five thousand times and get everything exactly perfect. And you know, I'm not. I really stuff sometimes to me doesn't sound. It sounds too pretty. Now I will say in the rock right now, rock music. There's a lot of good stuff out. I mean, a lot of new albums out and a lot of good. I don't know. Have you heard all this new good music that's been out that just came out? Dude, I am still very, very much an underground person. And so, you know, um, so for the past few years and everything, you know, 
I'd been coming up on on bands like um, Beach Bunny and and Caffrey and um, Sorority Noise and you know things that that aren't getting the same kind of attention as as stuff you would find on the Billboard charts, the top forty and everything. Um, but every now and then, you know, obviously because it, it is big, you know, I do catch catch some of the stuff that's on those charts and. I, I have to say, you're right, man. There's, there's some good stuff out there right now. There's some good. I will, um, there is this band, right? There's this band that's been around. I just found them recently, and I love this band. I will tell you, it's a satanic band. I'm not a Satanist. I believe in God. But it's a good band. They're called the Bridge City Sinners, and they're like, dude, you might like them. They're a punk bluegrass band. No joke. The singer is hot. This Libby Lux is hot smoking hot dude and her vocals she is she's like a 1920s type singer you know she's like amy winehouse right dude the bay city sinners i'm i mean there some of their songs are out there they have a well you just gotta check them out i mean they're really i mean like really good dude you would never think i like that doesn't sound like something that's mainstream oh it's not mainstream at all no no it's it's punk bluegrass they're not gonna get played on the radio yeah so that's that's right up my alley yeah, the Bay City Sinners, you got to check them out. And, and they're, they're talented. I mean, like, freaking talented. And some of the, the songs they sing are, yeah, a lot of innuendos. But they're, they're, they're done good. Except I'm not a satanic to, person. You know, I believe in God. To me, to me that's, where, that's, that's where music's really at. Man. Those bands you can go see, and maybe there's 50 to, to 500 people max that, you know, in your area that even know and dig them, you know, that's where you're going to see the best stuff. You get into, to, to the mainstream stuff and, you know, um, you, you've got, you know, the, the theories go uh, like Illuminati and stuff like that behind some of these people. Um, whether that's true or not, um, there's, in my opinion, definitely a conspiracy behind, all these major top 40 that gets pushed at people. It all has to do with an agenda. You know, it all has to do with where they're trying to take the collective conscious, you know, and, and how they want to mold society so that they could further milk us. So you think the Illuminati runs the music business? You know, um, I think there's a cabal, whether it's the Illuminati or not, you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, the thing is, dude, I know so many Masons and, and, and <laughs> I got so many in my family and, and so many, what there's Masons. What's that? You know, it's the Masons and the oh, Freemasons. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I missed it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do understand that there is a lot of power and influence in that organization. Absolutely, 100%. Anybody that argues otherwise is either ignorant or lying. Now, you know I'm a Freemason. Um, <laughs> you know I'm a Freemason. Right. But you, you know what I, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I have no you clue what you're talking about. So there is, when you go up some levels, you'll, you'll, or when you go to a job interview and the hiring person's a Mason and finds out you're a Mason, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So there's just, but that's any club. 
any kind of fraternal order or organization that, I mean, dude, at the college level, that's really how fraternities and sororities work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Masons, so, everybody I've met Masons, they're awesome. You know, and it's, there's, there's millions of, you know, brothers worldwide, you know, so I can, you know, and that's exactly around, it. So. so all of my friends, all my family members that are Masons, dude, I, dude, they're not, they're not running the world. They're not, you know, um, you do have some powerful and influential people in these organizations, but dude, you've got people like that, you know, in, in other organizations too. It just so happens this one is so old and mm-hmm. so large that it can give up that perception. Yeah. And so it makes it, it makes it easy and convenient to say, Oh yeah, this for sure is it. And dude, who knows? I mean, I, I, You'd have to get up to that level to find out, but you know, whether it's a, you know, the point I'm making is whether it is them or not. The fact is there is a cabal, you know, and they're behind media and they're behind, um, government and they're, they're behind all these factors that control so much of our everyday life. What but, I would, I would ask to, myself, what was that, Ray? I was about to say, to, to, to go full circle on the conversation, man, it really comes down to the average everyday people like you and me. If we don't put up with it, if they've got no power. People are scared to leave Facebook, right? Because, oh, Facebook, man, but that's where everything is. That's, that's, that's the hub of social interaction right now. And, and, and I can't leave it, you know, because then it's like, well, dude, Facebook's always going to have power over you then because what you're basically saying is, is, Oh, I have to go eat McDonald's because they serve the most burgers in the world. Well, dude, it doesn't mean that there's not better burgers out there. Go get a better fucking meal. Yeah. Who cares? You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. most Even of that Facebook- stuff is so fake anyway. Yeah. Same with a lot of the stuff that you're getting out of the majority of corporations. You don't really need it in life. It's just convenience. It's, it's, you know, Oh, how cool that I can do this. Yeah, it's cool as shit, but do you really need it? Do you want control of your life or not? You want to get out from under a lot of these conspiracies, you have to take the power away. Take the power away by keeping your dollar. Don't give it to them. No, no, I get it. Like I said, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to get off Facebook, man. It's like it's like a stopping drinking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Coming off a drug. You know, because there, there's Dude, so much information ago. though. There's so, yeah, but you're on Instagram though still. Yeah, but what do I do? What do I do? You ever look at my stories, dude? I just shit post. Yeah. And I press the button. Yeah. And yeah. I play I play with their with their bots and their, their AI and everything and I see what I can get away with. Yeah. Dude, I am like one post away from getting uh, uh, you know, all my accounts deleted. I literally wow. three days ago just got that message from them because I found out that there's certain nudity that if you just throw a face, like, you know, um, maybe the girl has her finger inside the other girl, but her butt holds an eyeball. And in between you put a nose, like, dude, that'll get past the AI filters on Instagram all day long. Dude, you can throw sexual images on, on there like crazy, you know, but it recognizes the nut sack. <laughs> okay. Even if you do put a face on it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. For me, I just post my music. Like I do my little cheesy songs and stuff like that. So you, I don't ever get political, or I'll post my music or sing right. and stuff like that. So on you're you're there things, for what it's actually you know build for, yeah. but that's not what it actually is. You know, yeah. it's a data company, dude. You're the product. You know, and so I'm in there and I'm messing with that data and I'm screwing with things, dude. And, and, you know, I'm throwing ideas out there and, and, you know, I'm basically risking it all. And, you know, that sounds grand, but really dude, it's it's a freaking social media account. Who cares? Um, but I'm risking it all to poke at that system and, and try to figure it out, you know, to, to where I can exploit it to the maximum, you know, because the fact of the matter is they say they got these community standards and everything, dude, but it's not, it's, they target, they absolutely target. And I know because I report stuff that is similar to mine, but it agrees with that corp, the corporation's worldview. And then I wait and see what happens. And dude, you, you know, if you say, Hey, pedophile should be hanged. Oh no, you are promoting, you know, self harm. But if, you know, you're somebody who is on their side of an argument on things, the corporation side of the argument on things, dude, you can make suicide jokes left and right. You can, you can, make just suicide posts period and they will not touch those posts. They won't take them down at all because once they do, you know, then it, it starts setting up that account for further review. You know, every time you get dinged, you're set up for further review and you, you start going down this rabbit hole, you know, think about how crazy it is that just in this past week, the satire site Babylon B got banned from Twitter for making a joke about the fact that, you know, uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, whose birth name is Richard Levine, who has both an X and a Y chromosome, is biologically a male. They made a joke about that because, you know, uh, what was it, time... One of the magazines uh, named that person as one of the women of the year. And so Babylon B retorted back like, yeah, well, we, we're going to name that person as, you know, man of the year. Well, that was flagged from, as, from Twitter as, as hate speech, with hateful conduct. Dude, and they, they lost their account because they wouldn't delete it. You know, they're, they're, they're locked out of their account right now until they delete it, which they're holding their ground. They're not going to delete it yet. You can have people like the Ayatollah chanting, you know, death to America and, and saying all these crazy things. Dude, you can have the leader of ISIS saying all these crazy things that are actually are hateful and call for violence that actually truly incite violence. Dude, their stuff stays up all day long. Why is that? Wow. Because those community guidelines, aren't they're not blanket that you know it has to do with agendas dude and what things they want pumped out into society to manipulate that society 
No, you I'm, know? I'm with you. So, I'm, I'm a big believer in free speech. I really am. I don't think that anybody's speech should be censored. Now, you may be liable for some of the stuff that you say, but I don't, I don't, I don't think you should be taken off because you said something. It's, it's like you're, you're being punished because you're speaking your mind. And you should never be punished because you're speaking their mind because it's different. Some people have an issue with that. Some people don't. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, it's, but there's freedom of speech in our, in our, in our what's what they called? Commandments. Not commandments. What are they called again? <laughs> in our amendments. <laughs> See, my mind, I lose in the track. Bill of in the Bill of Rights, <laughs> it's freedom of speech. And when you start censoring people because of what they're saying, right now, this, the council culture is crazy. And I, I can't stand it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you should be allowed to bring up what somebody did 20 years ago. I think there needs to be like a one-year limit. Like if you, don't, if you don't come after them within 365 days, you, you shouldn't be able to come after them later on. You shouldn't have to hold it against them. I mean, these people did shit Dude, 20 years ago. I, oh, man, the shit I did. Fact of the matter, oh, nobody, has, nobody has lived their life in a manner where if anybody else poured through it, they wouldn't find something to clutch their girls about. Say, oh, my gosh. And the fact that these corporations seemingly cave so quickly to that so that they can give off this appearance of, you know, being virtuous is, is absolutely farcical because business is amoral. Business is, is a science, man. And science is amoral. Science never asks if it should, it's always, if it can. And every business is the same way. It doesn't ask itself, should we make a profit? It can, we make a profit and it does what it needs to do to make profit. That's all it's concerned about. So right now, it sees that it's in its best interest in making a profit to look as if they care about, you know, this issue or that issue. The fact of the matter is they, they can give two squirts less. You know, it's just a, it's just a media campaign on their end to further manipulate people into throwing their dollars at them. It, it, and it's sick, you know, it, it really is, but, that's what business does. Business just tries to create a profit. That's the only goal that an officer of a corporation has is to ensure that the shares, you know, create dividends. Yeah. It, it's the news media. I think it starts with them. They want the viewers. They want them to watch longer. They want more money from the from the advertisers. So they will constantly move things around. And once they get a subject and they got people hooked on that subject, that subject gets beaten to hell until people get Absolutely. tired of it. They got to get you emotionally involved. Yep. And then they start coming on all these all these things coming around. You know what I'm saying? And then it's okay to to say a Karen thing when it's it's really not. It's not okay to derogatory anybody like that. But the news, oh right. my God! I mean, they they love you. They will bring you up, and then they're gonna take you down. They're gonna milk you as as long as they can. When people are tired of watching the positive stuff about you, they're going to the negative stuff. Just watch out. I think their next target is going to be like the Elon Musk. You know, I, I think they, they praise him so long. I think sooner or later they're going to turn on him. <laughs> they're going to turn, and then it's going to be just negative everywhere. And he's, he's going to start coming back down, which is sad, but that's how, that's how they work. I don't even watch, I don't watch news no more at all. No. No, it's, 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 it's again, it's one of those things where they're just manipulating you. 
you know, and, and it's, they've gotten so bold that it is so transparent that you look at headlines and the headlines a lot of times are so opinion laden that when you objectively read the actual story and compare it to the headline, it's ridiculous. I just saw a headline, uh, last night, I believe it was that said, the Supreme Court, you know, agrees that the president is actually in charge of the military and, and you read it and it's about the court case where the Phils were trying to fight the, the vaccine mandate. And what the court ruled was that, you know, that basically what courts typically do, they rule on precedent, you know, and the precedent had already been set that the military can mandate vaccinations for deployment and, and, and enlistment. And so they're not going to change anything. But the way that headline made it sound was that the lawsuit, in fact, was trying to say that the president couldn't be commander in chief of the military. And that was absolutely not the case. But Boy, it, it sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? It's called it, it clickbait. Elicits, it elicits a much stronger emotion, doesn't it? It does. It's called and that's, clickbait. That's what's, yeah, and that's what's passing through journalism these days. And it's it's absolutely horrible. Like, the yellow journalism has gotten so outrageous. So outrageous. It, it, it blows my mind. And I've been saying for years now, that should we not, you know, um, eliminate ourselves from this planet, that in 500 to 1,000 years, anthropologists are going to look back and see media, especially the advent of social media and, you know, um, instantaneous information as a marker of human de-evolution. We're, we're, we're becoming dumber. We're, we're, we're not moving forward as a species at the same pace as we were before media really took hold. It all started... And you can look at... Go ahead. Uh, so I was going to say, you can look at scientific advancements and everything and, and you know say, yeah, well, what about this and, and, and what about that? But look at the big picture, you know, because scientific advancements and stuff, yeah, that's great, but that's, that's kind of a, a, a natural course. Look where we are in our mentality, though, you know? We, we went from, from the chimp mentality to more of a bonobo mentality and we're going back to the chimp mentality you know doesn't matter how well we have learned to use our tools what are we doing with those tools so you think we're heading towards that's the real question what's it called ideology that movie ideology you think we're heading down that way idiocracy yes. Idioc yeah idiocracy absolutely <laughs> everything was the was the sports drink or uh absolutely so you think we're just, yeah, just going to hit a button yeah, Brando. Yeah. <laughs> we just going to hit a button for what we need, not even know how to fix anything. And the Costco or the Walmart or something like that. <laughs> Go to the Costco. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. 
brought to you by Carlos <laughs> Jr. Yeah. Electrolytes are good for you. So, you know, I have faith in mankind. Like I said, it, I have faith in mankind. I, I think, I, I don't know. I think there is, I have hope for us. You know what I'm saying? Because you know why? I, I really try to hold on to that hope as well. But again, like I said earlier, man, I, I'm just, I'm a cynic. <laughs> I'm a cynic. So I, I, I hold on to that hope. But it's like I hold on to it going, yeah, this is just going to turn into a pile of shit in my hand. But I still hold on to it just in case it doesn't, you know? Yeah. I think but the aliens the are going to come. The says it's going to turn into shit. Yeah. He said the aliens are going to come, and they're going to show us how to get past it, and we're going to be okay in the long run. We're going to realize we're not alone, and there's help. Like a psychiatrist, they're going to come, they're going to come, and they're going to talk to us and make us all get along. So I will tell you, it's been great talking to you, Ray, brother, man. You are welcome on this show anytime, dude. I like talking with you. I mean, I really, really, really do. Now, is there anything that you want to say? Yeah. Is there anything you want to say before I let you go? No, man. I just hope everybody, you know, is listening and enjoyed it. Um, You know, it's kind of funny when two guys with, you know, huge attention deficit disorders get together, you know, all the little tangents we can go on and, you know, Oh, we can probably talk. Going, Dang, that's why. That, that's why he couldn't explain himself properly. Yeah, that's exactly it, dude. Ray D. Yeah, yeah. Um, but six hours. <laughs> it, yeah, it, man, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it, and I hope they did too. I, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure they will. You know, like I said, it's been great. Let me know when you want to come back on the show. If there's anything you want to talk about, like you see, as you know, my shows, we just go wherever the flow just takes us, and and and, and that's how I like the conversations to really, really be. All right, brother, man. That, that's what I like about the show, and that's why, even though in my heart of hearts I wanted to plan stuff out I was like no dude just just go with it because that's what works for the show yeah yeah you're like Chris Chris yeah. doesn't follow planning very good he'll screw it up <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna go <laughs> a different direction anyway <laughs> alright brother alright man I love you dude and you have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon love you too brother we'll talk to you later man